Someone's in trouble. Where? Who knows? Stand by for emergency materialization. Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Gibberish, or do you really know what you're talking about? I really don't know what to title our uh, episode this time. What is our adversary called? Uh, is it is it just antimatter monster? I know they they call it the antimatter monster in fan circles. I always call it the I call it call it the uh, the monster from the id. It most um, definitely is id. Flappy McFlapster. We can't put that on iTunes. Yeah. Nobody will find it. No. Um, well, I presume we'd, we'll, we'll be rating um, Sorensen's. Yeah, we've got Sorensen and and the monster of the, the Eid. matter. Yeah, I wonder what they do call it. What does uh, Wikipedia call it in their little credits? I'm not calling what Sarah calls Sorensen. You know, anti-man. That's terrible. Anti-man. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's not the best name in the world, is it? Anti-man. No, it's awful. Um, to be fair, they play. Sort of fast and loose in this with the whole concept of antimatter. Um, yes. I suppose would it have been would it have been sort of newish? It, yeah, it, it was all <coughs> the rage in science fiction apparently yeah. in in the mid seventies. Yeah, but with no understanding of it, there's just no understanding of it. You know. No, no, we don't need to. None of the audience would have uh, understood it. I think it's a case as well of you know Doctor Who following in the footsteps of Trek. We've mentioned it enough times, yes, and Star Trek true. was around, and we've had antimatter episodes of original series Trek, haven't we? So yeah. it's not well, a really this, surprise. Yeah. No, because because Star Trek did a, <clears throat> a terrible, terrible episode um, uh, about an anti-man, didn't they? Mm. Do you remember that one? What was it called? It had a uh, metamorph. No. Not metamorphosis. It was some, something like that. I had a weird the immunity. No, I don't know. I used to know all these episodes. That was, but yeah, it was about a, a man that was had a, a doppelganger that was antimatter. It was so dull. Mm. Um, so this is, is much much better than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we might as well get started. And of course, we yes. start with the best ever opening credits. I think uh, I think I'm still I, happy uh, to say yeah. that. I, I agree as much as I love. Uh, the early Hartnell and Troughton, this is the definitive uh, opening credits. Yes. Yeah. The definitive logo, definitive opening credits. Um, you know, you're, as soon as you see this, you know you're in for a treat, don't you? Oh, yeah. It just yeah. takes me straight back to being a kid after the sports results. And yeah. It's like, oh, come on. The sports yeah. results, yeah. Can you remember how they would just <coughs> go on and on about, you know, da 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 one, yeah. da 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 two. Yeah. And it went on and on. It's, come on, I want Doctor Who. Yeah. You know? Western Wanderers won. Yeah. Era, no score draw. And my dad, because he used to do the pools, it, no score draw. That was evidently like a big thing, wasn't it? You got mm. extra points. On it. And so as soon as it, no score draw, it was like, yes, come on. Never <laughs> won anything. I don't, I don't remember him ever winning. No, I don't think my mum did. No. Yeah. So, so a guy used to come round. Yes. The door, the yeah, yeah. He would take the payments for the yeah. pools. Yeah, he would take money off of you. 
weird world we used to That was in. a strange old world. But yeah. uh, but also there were brilliant bits and, you know, the opening credits here this season. Yes. It's second second year of um, Tom, isn't it? And it's the second yes. year of Philip <coughs> Hinchcliffe. So. Yeah, so it's yeah sec- second year of Tom and Phil. Um, but this is the first season where Philip and Robert Holmes had complete control. Yeah, the, the, the first one. Yeah, it was all yeah. Barry Letts and Terence Dix, and they had yeah. inherited that, yes. hadn't they? Yes. Yeah, we had uh, Terror of Zygons, but that was, of course, recorded as, as the block of season 12, mm. and it was meant to be the last story in season 12. Um, I, I can't remember the reason why they held it over. Um, but yeah, so, so this is really the first completely controlled by the new production team story. Um, and we're immediately <coughs> into uh, a different, a different world, of course we are, but a different, a completely different style and feel to the show, aren't we? Well, you say different style and feel. I mean, last week I said about how, you know, since we've been doing the Blake Seven in character podcast, you know, uh, that, that there were, you, you know, I thought last week's Curse of Peladon could have been a Blake Seven story. This first opening shot, where you see the planet, all by itself yeah. with no star fields behind nice, it. It's yeah, like that's nice star well. one. Yeah. It looks like star yeah. one. It does, know, yeah. From Blake yeah, 7. Yeah, this is um, <clears throat> a lot of the effects in this are very Blake 7 y, aren't they? Mm. I suppose it probably was the same same people that went on to Blake 7 doing it. Um, yeah, this is. There's, there's very little um, sort of warm feeling sort of stuff in this is it it's very hard and very uh the 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 universe is out to get you there's no comfy unit people there's no laughing and joking with harry there's yeah i I tell you what if if you if you took these uh these people's rather duff space suits off that that, they could they could be in federation outfits this could be a federation this could could, yeah you could easily um you could easily just with a, a few tweaks not even of the story um, you, yeah, this could be this could be Blake Seven. Mm. Um, th- th- I suppose that's the elephant in the room that we've got to get round first. Is um, this story the 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 production side of it is definitely a game of two halves. Mm. Um, one half is just astonishingly good, and the other half is we've spent all the money on the astonishingly good bits. Let's nip down to MFI and get spaceship. MFI, uh, it most yeah. certainly. Is, oh yeah, um, most definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the uh, inspirations for this story is, of course, you know, Doctor yeah. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. And yeah, you have it. You have the fabulous jungle set, yes, yeah. and then you have the god awful interiors and some of the exteriors. Because I had forgotten. I mean, we go down to Zeta Minor, and you've got that brilliant, beautiful jungle set. Yeah. Uh, done by Roger Murray Leach um, but it's offset by the MFI doors of their little base that, that's yeah. from Planet of the Daleks isn't it that it was is, the yeah, Thal's spaceship <coughs> or something it, yeah it's it, it, I mean to, I don't mind that so there, again there's so much duality in this isn't there so yeah you've got Jekyll and Hyde story Jekyll and Hyde characters you've got a story that is actually two halves so the first two episodes of Forbidden Planet and the second two are Jekyll and Hyde although the other way, you know, back back to front, because uh, um, Jekyll took a potion to turn into Hyde, whereas in this, Sorensen takes a potion to go back to being human, doesn't he? So, mm. 
yeah, interesting twist on it. Um, and, and and yeah, so it's, it's definitely there's there's doubles and duality in this. Um, so you've got antimatter and matter, and then you've got production values and anti-production values. Yes. Um, it's it, it, it's a weird. One. I mean, I remember this vividly as a kid. This, I, as I think I mentioned last week, that this had deep psychological. I've been wondering. You, you mentioned yeah. last week there is one thing in it which has stayed yep. with you ever since, and I think I know what it might be, but I might be wrong. Okay. But uh, well, it, it, for me, so I don't know what it is, but I I've always, as a kid, I was always scared of things that sort of turned you into skeletons or turned you into like mummified house so about the same time was dragon's domain oh yeah 1999 and that i had nightmares wake up in sweats about that and this was the same I, it's the fact that you get the you get the sort of standard doctor who fade to nothing you know a bit of struggling and you fade to nothing but then it's the fact they come back yeah as I mean, they've only got the one body, but as a kid, you don't realise that they come back as this, as this almost skeletal, uh, dehydrated husk, and that scared the crap out of me as a kid. And I had, I remember having nightmares about. Is this. that is that the thing? Yeah. Is that the thing that you yeah, were alluding that's the, to? That's the thing oh. that, yeah, that's the thing that scared me. Oh. What did I was you, wrong what then. Did you think it was? I thought it was going to be the red glowing eyes. Oh right, no, I, I can remember. Um, doing that as a kid so I Sorensen must have have stuck with me because I remember as a kid you know the scene where he's he's stro he's turning but he's struggling to open the flask and drink the liquid mm -hmm. and that and I used to play at that for some reason and I also used to cut out bits of orange peel and stick them on my eyes <laughs> to pretend to be to be that which was dangerous really because it you, know, you get, a bit you get that juice in your yeah. eyes oh my yeah. goodness um so yeah, this <clears throat> this this really this story really really stuck with me much more than probably most of the other season thirteen stories did, and I, I just vividly remember um, just acting out bits of this story, and then when the the uh, the novelisation came out, I just I it was one I bought from New, and it was like oh, I'm gonna read it, and I used to read it and reread it, fascinated by this story. Um, I didn't see anything wrong with the spaceship, and I, I love that spaceship. Um, what is interesting is, and I, I, I was meant to look because so one of our one of our kind listeners sent us a list of all the repeats. I think was it Mark? Someone mm, did. Yes. Um, so I was going to look on it because I can remember playing with my Star Wars figures and my sort of you know black hole figures and that. So that's got to be uh, seventy nine eighty. Um, but I can remember building this spaceship, you know, the yeah. the, 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 the outside I, bit. I they can call remember it the probe, that. don't they? But it, yeah. yeah, it's a spaceship. Yeah, I can remember building this out of like ice cream tubs and that to play with my Star Wars figures. So I wonder if it was repeated. It was repeated. You oh, are was absolutely oh, right. right. Yeah. And that's where that um, classic Frank Bellamy illustration. If you, if, ah, if you Google right. Planet of Evil Frank yeah. Bellamy, there's a line drawing, including Sorensen, all toothy. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that was from the repeat. That was in oh, Radio right. the Times okay. when they repeated it. Yeah, I, it was I that, was and it was something yeah. else. They, that, it was one followed by yeah. another one. Because hmm. yeah, and, and I, I don't know because I can't remember. It must have been the original showing, or perhaps it was this repeat. But I think it was the original one because I remember, you know, going out and playing things on it. 
but yeah, it really stuck with me. Um, it's, and it, I think it's the fact that it's all treated seriously. There's no, there's no knowing winks to the camera. Yesterday you were found with the body of one of our scientists. Last night one of our guards died and you were seen kneeling over him. Can you explain this? We had nothing to do with those deaths. They were brought about by your intrusion. Listen, now listen to me, please. Here on Zeta Minor is the boundary between existence as you know it and the other universe which you just don't understand. Other universe? Yes. From the beginning of time, it has existed side by side with the known universe. Each is the antithesis of the other. You call it nothing, a word to cover ignorance. And centuries ago, scientists invented another word for it. Antimatter, they called it. Nonsense. Clever deception to cover their real motives. I don't think so. Let him finish. And you, by coming here, have crossed the boundary into that other universe to plunder it. Dangerous. And this is my favourite, uh, my favourite era of Tom Baker, um, because he's playing it. He's he's got. He hasn't quite in this one. He hasn't quite lost the, the uh, the friendship he's got with Sarah. But he's still playing it much more alien than he did in season twelve. Mm. Um, and I really like that. I like that sort of that uh, again duality of there's only one person he really likes in this entire story and that's Sarah and yeah. their, their, their um, you know their banter with each other is just is brilliant it, they get on so well and it's nice to see Sarah in this actually doing stuff yes yeah yeah no this is a good Sarah story yeah, yeah it's a brilliant fourth doctor story but before they appear we're down on that planet. Yes, We've got the, yeah. the jungle set, which is, is it's amazing, justly yeah. regarded as a classic. I mean, it was really quite small. I mean, this is at Ealing because there is a yeah. little stream that runs through the middle of it, although yeah, you that, don't that's really see it. But that's impressive, isn't it? That it the, the things that impress subconsciously on BBC shows are fire and water because it's very, very expensive to do, and you can't do them in a BBC studio. You've got to go to Ealing. So which means it's on film, film. yep. Um, and so I think subconsciously you see water in a set and you go, ooh, bloody hell. Um, what, what helps this greatly, though, is because they did that and they went to Elian, it's on film, so the lighting is fantastic. Yeah, it's moody. I, uh, you've yeah. got some fabulous shapes to all this yep. alien vegetation. The colours are brilliant. You know, they haven't just gone, oh, it's yep. jungle. It's green. Yeah, it's you know? green. Yeah. yeah. It's an alien jungle. And... Um, yeah, I imagine it probably was quite small, um, but they film it really well. Yeah, at no really point well. when I was watching it did I think, oh, they've gone through that bit already. I've yeah. seen I've seen that plant in the foreground yeah. before or anything like that. They kept moving everything around, which yeah. is really, really good. And, and, when, and when, like, Sarah's running through, we don't get any of the uh, sort of, like, in the Daleks where they use the, the roller behind Susan and then just slap her with twigs. Mm. So when Sarah's running later on, it feels like it's a big old jungle um, yeah it's really great but we see our first character don't we who's um, he's brawn he's called brawn yeah, brawn. yeah. He, and he, he comes out and he plants a grave marker doesn't yeah, he the, the flimsiest grave grave marker and we get a uh, a year don't we on this yes it's yeah. 30 something or other isn't it i did i, I think i wrote it down let's have a look see i'm, I'm so into this 37 166 yes i've not even looked at my thing um He's got uh, he's got a lovely he's a silver fox this guy, hasn't he? He's got a lovely uh, yes. 
Probably white head of hair. And yeah, there's a lot of yeah, greying in this. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yeah. We can and respond and again, to that. Again, a slightly older cast. Yep. Which is, a, you know, sort of, I think, adds to the realism. Um, but yeah, he's he's taking a, a sun reading. Um, and this is something else that has always been with me and goes with other stuff. Is he realizes it's getting dark and mm. he calls up Solomon's party and says, "You've got to get back here before dark. You can't be out in the dark." And I remember as a kid, I was terrified of it. That that sort of twilight when it was, you knew it was getting dark. Right. And I, I, you know, if we were out shopping that, it would be like we got to get home. And go. And I, I don't know what, what I think all the monster stories. Uh, you know, vampires and werewolves. I was going to say, as, terrified as, as Dracula, night. had you read Dracula or seen Dracula films by that uh, point? Yes, I, had, I was I was very big into uh, vampires at that point. Um, mainly the Hammer ones, I think, yeah. more than Well, that. there's always races yeah. to get back before yes, the sun yeah. sets and everything, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And this this is really good. They really they play up the... Uh, I mean, they, they were, you know, they were at Newt's... Uh, yeah, they come at night mainly they were doing this well before weren't they so yeah um, yeah yeah they they build up that that something mysterious is happening um i mean we know it's a planet of evil because we've read the title but yeah something mysterious is happening and it happens at night yeah um so so they they he calls up oh and then we we cut to this uh rather unconvincing little set don't we which we spend a fair bit of time on yeah pit or the pool or well i call it blackpool because Blackpool, it is Blackpool. Yeah. It is a Blackpool, yeah. isn't it? It's smaller than you imagine and a bit ratty. So yeah. Perfect for Blackpool. Per perfect for Blackpool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do, what do you think this pit is? Because the Doctor calls it like a doorway between... It is. It's a gateway yeah. between the matter world and the antimatter world. Yeah. That's what I uh, that's what I, I, I took from it. But, I mean, we were talking just before we started recording. We're puzzled by the nature yeah. of antimatter in this story. This planet is not antimatter. No, is it? No, because the doctor says um, they're further out than they've ever been. They're right on the edge of the known universe, and you almost get the feeling that, that, that like, just outside the known universe is the antimatter universe, and this is the the place where you cross from one to the other, which is a really weird and strange idea when mm. you think about yeah, it. Yeah, why there and nowhere yeah, why else? There? Why in a little pool? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, uh, but Solinson, Solinson and his uh, his his pal, the other soon to be doomed. Baldwin, I think his name is Bald Baldwin. Bald, some Bald I can't read my writing. Oh, ba Barkley. Baldwin. Baldwin. No. Baldwin. Yeah, Baldwin. That's Baldwin. What I've got All right. Down. Yes, I should really look at my notes, but I uh, can't read my yeah, writing. Yeah, so and and we meet uh, Freddie Yeager. Oh, yes. Freddie Yeager. Yes. Yeah. Um, even Anne, uh, we were sat watching it, and as soon as he appears, she goes, I know him, don't I? I said, yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. She goes, he's really good. It's like, yeah. For some reason, she said, I, I remember him having a big prosthetic nose. What, in this so, story? No, just as an actor. She goes, oh. didn't he have a big prosthetic nose? I said, I can't remember. I, I was going to ask you, can you think of a Freddie Yeager role no. where he had a big prosthetic nose? No, I don't know. not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, he's... Uh, they. They do this sort of elaborate thing where they're pulverizing crystals to get this powder, um, and I, I think he mentions it as some some form of energy source, isn't it? He's a bit yeah, yeah. They've got an en energy deficiency. I mean, that's yeah. why they're off on on this expedition to find a new energy source. Yes. And he thinks it's in this in these little bits of rock. Yeah, and they, they, this is a weird 
a weird planet to go mining on because I think the, um, Baldwin says that uh, you find a, a, a seam of this crystal, this energy crystal, and you, you stop digging and you come back the next day after the night and it's moved, it's gone. Um, which is a lovely thought, but they don't really do anything with that. No. There's lo- lots and lots of moody throwaway lines in this that, that add to the, 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 the sort of the building of the atmosphere, but don't really make a lick of sense. Yeah, especially later when we find out that that is actually antimatter. But antimatter yes, can't exist in our universe. Is yeah. matter and antimatter touch, you have a massive explosion. Yeah, and I mean, that's how I always all thought. I mean, again, as... as like as a kid, you're worried about a few things, aren't you? You're worried about quicksand. Always. That's going to get you. And you're worried about antimatter. Don't, if you see any antimatter, don't touch it. Or antimatter <laughs> quicksand. Maybe oh, that's God, what the Blackpool is. It's antimatter quicksand. <gasps> it's antimatter quicksand, yeah. Think, I think yeah, we nailed I think we it, to, Ian. I think we need to uh, copyright, trademark that name. Yes. That's a good name for a band, isn't it? Or a podcast. Or a podcast. <sighs> There you go. You're going to have to change the <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Um, so, but meanwhile, Braun, he's uh, attacked by something invisible. Yes. Um, that we don't see, obviously, because it's invisible. It's Very uh, forbidden planet, isn't Very it? Very cost-effective monster. I yes. Bet the, I yeah. bet the, the uh, Philip Hinchcliffe was all over that. Your monster's invisible. Yeah, we'll do that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's got at and yeah. uh, and then promptly disappears. I love it that when he, he dies, his leg kicks up the uh, the sacks that they've spread the soil on, and you see the re- the red polystyrene stuff you, underneath. You're not meant to look at that, Ian. Yeah. You're not meant to no. notice well, on, that. Well, on again on a on a non HD TV back in the day, you wouldn't. You'd have gone, oh, red soil. Yes, you would. You? But it's yeah. only because you're going. Hang on, that's that's a potato sack. Yeah. What are they doing? And Baldwin is going back because Sorensen doesn't want to leave, does he? He doesn't want to go back to the ship. No. Um, so Baldwin no, goes he, back now to he's himself. Found this, uh, this, this seam. Of, yes. Yeah, this seam of, uh, of, of crystals. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Which is, I, I understand that he's, um, he's, he's one of these slightly more than dedicated scientists where it blinds him to everything. But he's been on this planet and they've already lost four men. Yeah. He must realise that. Okay, he's going to get some rocks, but he's not going to survive the night. He's a driven man, isn't he? Yeah, driven, yes. He's driven, word. yeah. And uh, Baldwin's got at when he gets back to the ship, uh, the base, it's not a ship, uh, the base thing that he's got there, uh, yeah. but not before pressing an emergency button. Um, yeah, so, this, yeah, it's, it, this is almost... And again, I as soon as I thought of it, I thought, I wonder if this was deliberate. So in Forbidden Planet, you've got the Krell self-destruct button mm. massive great switch in the middle of the room and then this this all this button does is sends a, a, a distress signal but it's a massive button built into the yeah the 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 desk and you think they're planning for this to go wrong from the outset <laughs> aren't they? i love as well which i've never noticed before is when um when baldwin goes into the second room and he fall, he get, lays down on the floor and it's attacking him you can see his head and shoulders drawn on the floor that was obviously his mark really Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's it's so obvious when you spot it. I, oh, bloody hell! Um, but yeah, he he disappears as well and is gone. Yeah, um, and and then we go into the TARDIS. We do, yeah. We get the uh, slightly ratty-looking TARDIS set now. It's um, not good, is it? No. It's and it looks very very small as well. Well, it, it 
because the the last time we saw this would have been I've got it in my notes hang on it is this is the first time the fourth doctor is actually yeah. uh, seen at the controls of the TARDIS uh, they'd already filmed pyramids of Mars but the order was changed yeah. wasn't it so but uh, so this is the first time Tom was actually seen at the controls I'm still look all oh right behind the scenes is here uh, where is it duh, duh, duh. Um, the TARDIS console room had not been seen on screen since the third Doctor story, Death to the Daleks. Well, that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, because I know they didn't use it in season 12. A, because they, um, Philip Hinchcliffe thought it uh, slowed the action down. But B, because the set was absolutely trashed. <coughs> um, so it's then had another year in storage. Um, mm. I think, I don't, I can't remember, there was a... There was a uh, uh, a fan rumor that the TARDIS console in during season twelve had been shipped off to Blackpool or something, but I don't know whether that's true or not because I know Blackpool had their own weird console. And that that happened to in a Sylvester <coughs> McCoy story we've already discussed that yeah. they had to make this tiny little thing because it was off at a convention or something. Yeah. So maybe people are mixing the two up or something. Could, could be, yeah, could be. Um, but it's, it's really, I mean, it, it looks horribly tatty. We don't spend a lot of time in here, um, to be to be fair. Um, but yeah, the uh, we 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 see Tom. So so you said this is your. This is this is Tom for you, isn't it? This is the yes. Look of Tom. And I said I'll send you an image, and I'm going to send yep. it now right. on Messenger, and it will be on Facebook. But this is pretty much quintessential Tom Doctor when he's all bulging eyes and a grin, and goes, "Stand by for emergency materialization," and it's just that look on his face, that picture that I've just sent you. So, uh, it's not appeared yet. No. No. Oh, I've sent on it. On Facebook, you sent it. On Messenger, yeah. No, it's not appeared yet. Shall I send it again? Yeah, go and send it again. When have you sent it to? I, oh, I've sent it. Oh, I've sent it to the wrong person. I've sent it to Mark. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so if you listen, Mark, you yeah. can tie this. You can tie this back to when you received that. He's paper. he's he's going to uh, contact me in a minute, and he's going to go. Yeah, what did what, you send that what for? Oh, blimey! Then then I'm gonna. All right. Sorry sorry about this, listener. We'll get back on track in a minute. I'm just sending Ian what I'm talking about. Here we go. Oh man. Here we go. That should have come through. Oh yes, yeah. Tom Tom grinning like a maniac. Yeah. Eyes bulging. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, go on. Mark's replied. Mark, Mark is one of our, you know, yeah. effectively speaking friends, and he and I are doing um, uh, 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 studio scale recreations of a of Blake Sevencraft at yeah. the moment, right? I'm doing the the plague ship from Killer, and he's doing a pursuit ship. And he's replied and said, I guess talking about Tom's face, that's my face searching for an e boat. He's looking, <laughs> he's looking for that incredibly rare e boat. That Martin Bauer used when uh, oh, detailing right. the nose comb of the original Federation pursuit ships. And, it's uh, worth the, uh, the FXE boat. Yeah. Make it. I wonder if I still got it after I've looked. Oh, you, you should have a word with Mark because he, yeah. he's, he's getting desperate now. He can't find one right. anywhere. Anyway, let's get back on track. This is yes. a brilliant scene between the Doctor yes. and Sarah. The chemistry is fantastic. I love the way she says to him, you always get rude when, you, when you're covering up mistakes. You know, because yeah. he doesn't know where they are. They no, are, no, of course. He hasn't, he hasn't got a clue. Um, and again, I think this, 
this uh, harks back to we we both enjoy the Doctor when he's not fully in control. No, when he doesn't know everything. Um, but this is this is an interesting uh, an interesting outfit because this this was this uh, this outfit was used for all the all the publicity shots that were sent to merchandisers. Oh, so right. This is this is the outfit Tom's wearing that the Mego Dennis Fisher figure is based on. Ah, um, right. Because because he's wearing the season twelve hacking jacket, but with the uh, the um, velour waistcoat, you know, the uh, that he wears later on with the frock coats. Mm. Um, plus, he's got the cravat. That's a big cravat as well. I'm still looking cravat. at that photo. Yeah. Um, so so a lot of so almost all of the merchandise from this area was based on this image. So a lot of the annuals using it. And as you said earlier, before we started recording. Um, for most of this story, he doesn't wear his scarf. No. Um, and I think that I think the reason was that because he needed to fall into the pit and he was going to be on wires, they couldn't mm. use the scarf. That's so what they I didn't read. Have him wear it. But it does mean that there's quite a bit of merchandise, like especially the annuals and some books and that, where he's um, they don't draw him with his scarf because obviously the photos they really oh, supplied, gotcha. yeah, didn't have the scarf on. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great look for him. Yeah. I, I, I do like this jacket. Um, and and I, I, it's a great look for Sarah. Oh um, yes, iconic um, for Sarah. This is the the image of Sarah. I don't think she's looked more uh, stunning than no. in this story. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is this is the pinnacle, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, you you think of the year it is. I mean, and what we were wearing going down the street. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is quite sensible. At least what these two are wearing. I mean, when we see, you yeah. Know, <laughs> You know, yeah, Paul Morrow in a minute. A oh dear! Different matter. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss them when we see them. But uh, yeah, this is. Uh, you'd be hard. I, I think you'd be hard pushed looking at a photo of these two if you didn't know anything about Doctor You'd be hard pushed to say this was, you know, mid seventies. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. They. They. I think they very very wisely avoided the companions wearing period clothing or, or hairstyles as well Sarah's hairstyle is, yeah. is not, somebody could have that hairstyle today and walk down the street nobody's yeah. going to look at them twice are they yeah well that's it yeah you, 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 I mean if we walk down the street like that they might but uh, yeah it, it, it works it's so iconic yeah um, yeah and as I say, the banter is great. You know, I mean, they land, they arrive, and she's like, "You don't know where we are." You know, she's yeah. she's not she's not letting it up, is she? Well, this this is really good because Sarah's really um, really sort of proactive and very very able in this one. Um, she immediately knows what's going on. You know, she volunteers to just do stuff. She tweaks things straight away. It's a bit like again a similarity between this Curse of Peladon is where we said that Joe in that was mm -hmm. written very intelligently. Um, Sarah is very intelligently written in this one. She's not... Because Sarah did tend to be a better written companion, but there were a lot of instances of where, you know, her falling over a small yes. clump of grass or, you know, stuff like that. And you, you tend not to get this in, in here. Um, but, yeah, it's... There's something about Tom on this planet... The look of it is just great, and it's like our childhood summed up in one image. Yeah, unfortunately, all this you know uh, fondness <coughs> that we've got for it—it's going to go away yeah. in a minute because the ship arrives. We see the yes. ship arrive. Oh, what, what? Uh, I mean, I, did, I imagine as a modeler, you were looking at the same as me and thinking, put some detail on it, guys. It, it's a nice shape. I don't mind yeah, the shape, but it's, it's just too plain. 
It's, yeah. it, it's just, it needs Martin Bauer going in there with yeah. his, you know, with, with his pencil and his scalpel and his tiny little kit bits. Um, yeah, it's just slabs of nothing, isn't it? It just felt to me like they'd built the shape, probably out of wood or something. It's, you like to say, it's a nice shape, it's unusual, it's really good. And they've gone, okay, let's stick all the greeblies on it. And they've they've used one sprue and they've stuck a few bits on it. Okay, where's the next one? That's all we bought. What? Oh. And they've left it at that. Yeah, there's there's like one panel of detail and the mm. rest of it is just and it look it looks like wood as well, doesn't it? It's not like it's not like it's a gleaming C fifty seven D spaceship. It just well, looks unfinished. Well, there's actually it would have looked even more unfinished because originally it was just the like the upper part. That's all it was. But, really? but yeah, and that's what they made. But when you know they compared the model work to um, you know Roger Murray Leach's bit of the ship where you see that uh, yes. um, uh, ladder coming down, yeah. it didn't match. It's like there, there's no <laughs> way this can work. So that's when I've, I've got a bit more information when we get to behind the scenes that they added that front prong oh, bit right. on because that's apparently the bit that you see when they land on the planet. That whole ship is being, you know, supported by that bit at the front. Oh, right. Wow. That, yeah. Mm. Physically, uh, it's a bit dangerous. But, uh, yeah, we, so it, it's, not, it's not, <coughs> not the most impressive of shots. No. Um, and then we go inside. And then it gets even <laughs> less impressive. Yeah, even less impressive. Um, it's very, very minimal yes. in detail. They've, they've slapped... Um, incomprehensible symbols and stuff over everything and it looks to me like it's um like circuit diagram mm. uh, notations you know like you would do a resistor and things like that and then they've also they've tried to sort of gear up a bit by putting lots of um uh signs up that yes. say things like uh, oh unauthorized persons beyond this point would you be unauthorized if you're on that spaceship? Yeah, no. Also, I like it. They put it on the front wall. There's nowhere else to go. That front um, wall is yeah. odd because sometimes yeah. you've got like uh, you know an Enterprise type screen. Yeah. Other times it's just colours. I'm, I'm not quite sure how all that yeah, bit I'm works. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's meant to be a window or or it is a screen. And then weirdly, because you've got the sort of presumably the navigator or something at the front, it got a little desk. And then normally you would have like the uh, the Kirk position behind it, but it's up on a different floor. Well, that's Roger Murray Leach, and yeah. Roger Murray Leach didn't like the idea of everything being on a flat, featureless floor. He got round it at Ealing on the jungle thing, but uh, yeah, that was his idea. And and it is quite interesting. You've got some nice shots, you know, looking up, or you're up and you're looking down. Yeah. But there's no money to to, you know, do this properly. And uh, no, it. it, it it's not the Nostromo, is it? No, not at all. You know, not at all. Um, I do like as well, the, so you look upwards. Any, anyone looking up to their commander is just going to see uh, Prentice Hancock's taint. He? He he, it's like, I, all through this, it's like, Prentice, close your legs, mate. Yes, close your legs. yes, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've got Paul Morrow in a minute, you know. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you know, we've also got, you know, yeah. Victor Bergman in a minute. Yep. But also, yep. I thought of um, you know uh, Moonbase Alpha, this two-tier this, system. Yeah, this has got a lot of um, a lot of Moonbase Alpha in it. Because um, um, I was I was going to look up 
uh, release dates now. Had, had Space 1999 been broadcast yet? Let's have a look. Right. Yeah, we'll keep talking and I'll have a look. Yeah, because right. You're, you're right. There's there's lots of similarities. You've got you've got a, a, an older, level-headed scientist type in Vashinsky, and he is just Victor Bergman. The the cut of the he looks like him as well, is, doesn't he? Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, the cut of the uniforms is very season one. Space 1999, the really unflattering collars. I mean, in this case, it's even more unflattering because most of your cast are middle-aged, hairy men. You've put them in low-cut outfits, for yeah. want of a better word. Um, this would, if if we were if if we were doing down blousy moments for the men <laughs> characters, this would figure heavily. I think. Well, I think it should go on. I mean, nobody said that it has to be. That's um, true. You know, That's um, true. Uh, just females. Um, yeah, that's we, true. And we will get a. We do get a Sarah down blousy moment later on, don't we? In the jungle. We do. Um, we do. Yeah. Um, but also someone that that wanders in, and you can tell immediately by his voice. Davros. Yeah, yeah Davros. <laughs> There's a couple of bits in this when he's um, later on when they're trying to get away from the planet, and he's raising his voice, and it just goes straight into Davros. Yeah. And and you suddenly realise that, yeah, there there was little if no vocal manipulation you know through electronics for him to play Davros that's nope. just sheer talent his name's his name's Morelli uh, but he's got a voice yes. like Davros yeah it's it's very odd you can't really distinguish I mean god blimey can you imagine listening to this story yeah, you've got you Davros <laughs> yeah. although uh, if you're just listening to it then later on when he does the uh, the, the cod indian accent yeah, you'll have palpitations. It's very uh, ain't our fuck, man. It is. It is. Um, yeah. What, one one question I've got that you. So, do we think the Marestrans, because these are they, do we think that this is a, an offshoot Earth colony? Because they mention Earthlings and they mention that Sarah comes from Earth. They're, they're familiar with Earth. They have Orthodox religions. They have. Indian accents and British accents and that Indian accent is rough. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they have uh, very, very Earth-type names: O'Hara, you know, Baldwin. Um, yeah. All their writing is in English. Is in English. So, so do we think? Do you think? I, I, mean, I don't know whether this was originally meant to be a, an Earth ship, or is it just another one of those? You know, humans have spread out throughout the galaxy, and these are. This is I, just a, a sort of offshoot colony. I do not know. Um, um, to answer that question about release yes. dates, right? Uh, yep. This episode one of Planet of Even was shown on the twenty seventh of September, nineteen seventy five. Right. Right. Um, and Breakaway, the uh, very first episode of yep. uh, Space Ninety Nine, was on the 4th of September, so only three oh. weeks before. So it must be it just be, a massive yeah, coincidence. Massive coincidence. Yeah. Um, or again, the, the people behind the scenes production-wise knew other people. I, I mean, yeah, it must just be a coincidence. Then. Maybe it's or Paul Murrow. Coincidence. Paul Murrow's yeah. blabbing while in makeup. Oh, I could, yeah. I could, perhaps he was saying, what, what we're doing over there. <laughs> yeah, because that's three weeks before. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is when it was released, was, of course. Yeah. This is released. This yeah, is when they were making it. Yeah. Um, so presumably, you know, the production time on Space 1999 was longer because of all the special effects. Um, so presumably, yeah. um, 
See, that, that, that is the question with old Apprentice. Uh, does that mean Paul Morrow's moustache was a stick-on? I never thought it was. Perhaps he just shaved it off. But surely he must have been... It must have been almost concurrent filming. Yeah, it must Doctor have been. Doctor Who and Space 1999. Because yeah. he was in I, it for the whole of season one, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, I don't think they filmed every episode... Um, before in order. They, yeah, in order. I, I'm sure it was... Concurrently, like you say, so, so yeah, perhaps it, perhaps it was a fake one. Yeah, we should uh, message him and ask him. Yeah, um, so that we, we find from them that it's Zeta Minor. Uh, it's yes. the last planet in the known universe. Don't they mean yeah. galaxy? Because how, how, how can it be? The the universe is infinite. How can it be the last planet in the known universe? They must mean galaxy. Well, they do say in the known universe, so there could be another planet. Just beyond it, road. so it's not the last They don't one. know about it, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know. All right, so they... You can only know what you know, I suppose. I guess, yeah. So they, yeah. They, they've got an away team, including the bloke from War yes. Games. Um, you know, the, the round-faced bloke is the bloke from War Games, isn't it? Was oh, it, right. Was it Collins or something? One of the soldiers in War Games. This oh, is right. Doctor I, Who War yeah. Games, not Space 19. Oh, okay, sorry, yes. Um, I thought you meant War Games, the film. I was going to say, I've not seen it in years. No, um, no, no. In the Patrick so Trout Dahan, yeah. So, so this is Pontian Dahan, isn't it? Um, who's got great names? But yeah, he was um, he was the resistance leader, wasn't he? Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Boer War guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love these two characters. I mean, I, it surprised me this time watching it. They die pretty quickly, or at least one of them does. Um, but I, I like the fact in this story that that everyone's got names. And you get to sort of know them. These are normalish people. Yes. Because um, we get some nice scenes where they're, they're moaning about stuff. I always like a story where uh, spaceship people moan. That's why I love uh, Parker and Brett in Alien. Yeah, like, and, dark, I, and Dark yeah, Star. And Dark yeah. Star, yeah. I, uh, I identify with people that are moaning even when they're in an amazing <laughs> place. Because that would be me. Um, yeah, so they, they, they go off to a, a, a broom closet. Um, and that's that's the uh an airlock so because because um salomar uh, who already is a few steps over sort of a, a slightly uh hypertensioned isn't he? he's got he's definitely got uh high blood pressure this guy so he's already a bit over the top and he uh he says the ship's in orbit get ready to descend and they go off and, and i think so are they landing and they're walking out or there must be a shuttle need... or something. Yeah. Did they just drop them out of the bottom of the ship? But then later on, we realise they can beam in and out. Yes, anyway, they transmit so the TARDIS. Yeah, they transmit yeah. the TARDIS up to the ship, don't yeah. they, when they find it? Yeah. And if they're just beaming, then why... This this is the Star Trek thing, isn't it? Why do they need a special room? Because they beam from the planet, okay, into, you know, into that... Uh, I mean, because you don't, you don't get the feeling that that place where they put the TARDIS in is a beaming up room, a transporter room. It's, there, it's like a security room, isn't it? Because they can control the atmosphere and that. So I don't know quite what they're doing. But, um, yeah, they disappear off into that little uh, that little cupboard. And you're right, all the doors on this spaceship are just standard plywood doors. It's awful. Um, yeah. My favourite, favourite thing ever in this spaceship is, late, later on in episode four, when they go to the, uh, the force field room. And the force field room sign is just taped to the door yes. flapping in the wind 
It's like, yeah, this is my sort of British spaceship. My favourite bit of the ship is later on where you've got the, uh, where they eject bodies out into space. Oh, yes, yeah. And it's the, like the two slots you get in laundromats where you put yes, the money in yeah. and then push the thing, it could ching yeah. in like that. I used to love doing that as a kid. Yeah, put yeah. the money in the slot, ching into yeah. um, Lucky there's two, really, and they two prisoners to eject, isn't it? Yes, yeah. If Harry had have been there, who would they, would they have just left him? There might have been some more on the other side. You that's never true, know. Actually, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, because we never have any idea of really of scale of this ship, do we? No, no, very, very much no idea on this one because, like you say, the the outside doesn't match the model. Really. No, no. Um, I think it'd be hard pushed to 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 build this to a set scale. Yeah. Um, so the Doctor and Sarah down in the jungle, they find the graves yep. and, and the base, don't they? And yep. uh, Sarah has to go back to the TARDIS for a gadget, um, yeah, taking well they, that they, hammer with her. Yeah, they find they find a tool. Um, a rusty like, hammer, yeah, hammer with a point on it. Thing. Yeah. Um, then they go into the, 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 the bay and the Doctor says, oh, I can pinpoint our position by that star, but I need some techno babble device um and then he, he notices the uh, the big button on the desk and he says automatic distress button how does he know that it's just a button yes it's not marked or anything um so they know something dodgy's gone on um and he sends I, sarah yeah. back to the tardis for yeah that, well she for volunteers doesn't she yes she goes oh you can carry on here quicker i've nipped back and i love tom baker he does the sort of are you certain look mm. So it's like, yeah, you, you don't trust her either, do you? She's going to screw up somehow. Mm. She's going to get into trouble. Um, but yeah, Tom Tom and uh, Liz are just great in this. Absolutely good. And it's it's quite strong stuff because Sarah goes off and then the Doctor goes into the secondary room and that's where he finds... Um, Baldwin's uh, body. Baldwin's body, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's quite a, a gruesome little... We see it a lot, but it's quite a gruesome little dummy, isn't it? It is, so it is. It looks good. Um, yeah, and then he's worried about Sarah. Um, which is weird, because they're all right with all the graves outside. Yeah. And the, not, and the fact that there's yeah. been an emergency distress yeah. call sent. But until he sees the body, it's like, oh, I, I thought this emergency might not have been a dangerous emergency. Mm. What else would it be? Mm. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <coughs> So Sarah goes off back to the TARDIS through the lovely, lovely jungle. We see a lot of lovely jungle bits in it. Mm -hmm. um, again, filmed brilliantly. Um, and then uh, Salomar and, well, Vashinsky uh, and the guys turn up and arrest the... Yes. Um, you notice that one of them is the well-known stunt guy. So you, you immediately think he's going to get something happen to him, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, really good. And then Sarah, yeah, Sarah goes off to the uh, the TARDIS, and she's looking through uh, like a Gladstone bag, and she brings out our old friend, the etheric beam locator from Genesis of Daleks. She certainly does. Yes. Yeah. This is and, all good stuff. I'm enjoying all this. Fanboys go way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. brilliant. It's it's absolutely. I mean, I've seen this God knows how many times, and it was gripping me. It always does. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we cut back to Tom being interrogated, and we find out that there was originally eight people in this expedition. Yes. Um, uh, that, uh, and everyone except, well, at, at this point, I think so, they've, they've not met Sorensen yet, have they? So he, the, the assumption is that three people are left. Yes. 
Um, well, there were when we started. There were, days. yeah. But now, now we know that uh, there's only uh, some ones them left. I do like as well, in my notes, I've got the armbands look like cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, they, they're wearing these sort of transporter armbands. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Oh, see, I always sneeze when people mention cock and balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so they're wearing these armbands, like transport things that they use on the TARDIS. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really weird. They they It had to be done as like a, a Mickey take or something by one of the prop makers, because it's got this long, thin tube on it, and they've stuck two uh, spheres at the bottom of it. Um, and it's like, okay... You it know. just it's it sit it doesn't sit right with the superb jungle, does it? No, no, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, we find out. Uh, so so then we we sort of find out. Oh no, they they haven't done the TARDIS. I was going to say we find out why Sarah's carrying this tool, don't we? There's a plot, well, well, she comes out and and that yeah. answers your question: Are these people from Earth? Because she starts mm. choking. Yeah. And and uh, Salomar says transfer oxygen. So do these people not breathe oxygen then? Well, I don't. I don't. Perhaps that's how they can eject them out of the ship when it's in orbit. Mm-hmm. You might be right. Because um, he says um, he goes, oh, oxygen breather, transfer oxygen, and then he says something else. He goes, she could be an Earthling. So I don't. I don't know because mm-hmm. they act. They act. They don't act like they don't need to breathe. But surely, if yeah. you know, they don't need oxygen. You add oxygen. Is that going to poison them? then i don't know i don't know because it's almost like um he's surprised that she needs oxygen and that pinpoints her to be in an earthling yeah, yeah. It is, it's, it's very strange it's very strange um and they don't they mention that she's not of our world uh, yeah there's something like that yeah yeah but she looks like they do so yeah it's at that point the ship lands doesn't it which is all a yes. bit dodgy um, yeah. it, we said last week you need a, a, a person who knows how to photograph miniatures to get them yeah. to look right and this obviously wasn't somebody who knew how to do it um, and it's all a bit dodgy and it's got that terrible ladder that comes down on string it's actually lowered down by bits of string isn't it? Yes well, it's, it, it, it's great because um, it's, it's a futuristic spaceship and it's lowered on bits of string and then when you look up and they've layered woolly blankets over the the top of the set because this you know it's, it's impressive that they've tried to go so high but it's right next to the where the lighting gantry yes. that would be so they've just laid um like blankets just like horsehair blankets to cover it up oh uh, to cover it up and it's like oh yeah and again i wonder would you have noticed on i, I don't think so TVs? probably not no um but yeah then we get a load of these guys come out i love these guns you do like them, do you? Yeah, I do. They're they're obviously just cut out of plywood, but I love a gun with a flash unit in. I just Let, think put it, that on yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I like the sound effect as well of this. Um, but yeah, they 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 come out and uh, again, very very forbidden planety, isn't it? Yeah. This whole feeling you're getting from this. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, well, we're getting near um, um, the end of episode one yes. at this point because you know uh, Salamar wants to interrogate them. Then he changes that to um, "You're going to be executed." Yeah, he's uh, and they're locked up, aren't they? Yeah, he's not. He's not someone I would put in charge. I, I was waiting for the 
the sort of obligatory he's the son of a general or something to justify why he's in charge here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really get anything, do we? We get it the other way around where um, I think uh, like Vyshinsky is the I th- later on doesn't he doesn't someone uh, doesn't um, Salomar say something like you might be you might be uh, big back on home Vashinsky, but here you're nothing yeah. sort of thing. So it's the other way around. Normally that would be used to justify why Salomar's in charge because he's even at, it's not like he's sensible and level headed and something causes him to go off the deep end. He's barking mad from the start, isn't he? Yeah, there's something about him. I mean, yeah. later on we'll talk about, you know, how how we rate this story and whether yeah. it goes on our top tens. And uh, there's something about Salomar. He, he's just continually frowning. It's this continual yeah. hand on hips. Um, I, I just find him quite irritating. Yeah. I mean, I, we're not supposed to like him, are we? No, that's it. And Prentice Hancock could play these sort of irritating, slightly slightly off-kilter characters really well. Um, but yeah, you're right, he is... I think they needed like one episode where he was he was sort of normal and you can see why he's captain. And then you could have had an interesting like he, he first sees the uh, the anti-matter monster and it sends him mad or something. Yeah, or the planet yeah, starts getting to him. Yeah, the planet starts Be- to him. And because it is, that's a plot... Normally. No, yeah. that's a plot line that's dropped almost immediately, which is is the planet yeah. alive, you know? Because when Sorison's first talking about it, it is almost as if the planet itself is sentient. It's a creature, yeah. It's, a, it's like a big space amoeba type thing. Yeah, but there's, then that goes say, away. There's, yeah, there's lots and lots of really good sci-fi ideas in this that are mentioned and then thrown away completely. Yeah. Everything happens at night. Yeah, but we forget about that. You mm. know, the planet's alive, but we forget about that. Yeah, I, it's... It, it feels a little bit rushed mm, yeah. um, at times, um, but yeah, then we uh, we finally see our our creature. Oh, but before that, yeah. they've got to escape, haven't they? Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, and the doctor says, "Well, the windows yeah. are locked," and yeah. Sarah goes, "Yeah, but the power is low, therefore the magnets yeah. are aren't as strong." Yeah. How does how would she know? I don't know. She's never been to this planet yeah. before. I, I again, I get a space 1999 feel. The way those windows come down is just yeah. like the ones on Moonbase Alpha when they get air that time. Well, yeah. Why would you build a Why would you build a uh, protective dome like that where as soon as the power goes off, all the windows you can op- flop yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Seem very secure. So they get out. They go yes. to escape. That's where episode one ends with our first view of yes. you know the antimatter monster. Um. Do you remember what you thought of it first time you saw um, it? I, I remember thinking, uh, I mean, it worked for me as a kid. Now you can look at it and see it in all its CSO glory. Uh, I think they were they were right because they're, they're trying to do the um, the monster from the year, aren't they, from Forbidden Planet? And that was, uh, of course, famously uh, uh, animated by Disney artists. That's right. Yeah. At great, great expense. Um, and the BBC's tried to do it a little bit on the cheap. Yes, I've <laughs> so got, got I, I've uh, got yeah. how they did that later oh, oh, on. Oh, brilliant! I'll leave that for that. It's one. not but by yeah, using it, an animator from Walt Disney. No, no, no definitely not. Um, it it doesn't worry me that much. It's not the greatest of effects. Um, but as a kid, I, I I bought right into it. 
Um, to the point where there, there's a photo kicking about of the actual suit they used. Yeah, I've, I've got, um, it. Have you got yeah, it. Yeah. And, and when I first saw that, I didn't know what it was from. I was like, what's that from? What? That's weird. That's answer. all what's because of the process of how they did yeah. it, which I'll explain uh, later on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, episode two, um, um, they're saved by O'Hara, who's one of the men, who yes. dies yeah. um, at the side of this base, which looks just like a porter cabin. It looks exactly it like yeah. a porter cabin. Yeah, it's one. Of, yeah, one of those porter cabins you would hire on a building site. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But yeah, and again, very, very similar to um, to sort of the way Forbidden Planet style, where where one per, one guard rushes out and ends up getting killed. Um, but yeah, it's it's O'Hara yes. that gets uh, that gets done, and of course they. Um, when they run out and see the body, they think the doctor's done this because they've conveniently just escaped. Yes. Um, so, so they think the doctor's done this, and we get a lovely, a lovely shot where the doctor and Sarah are running away, and I think um, uh, Ponty sees them, and they all start shooting at them, and you get that sort of slightly comedic where there's just flashbang, you know, flash yes. guns going off. And it's like, how can they not hit them? Yeah. They're like 30, 30 yards away. It's not, it's not, you don't need to be a marksman. No. I mean, you mentioned Ponty. We have to mention there that, of course, that's Louis Mahoney, isn't yes, it? Yes, uh, it is, yeah. Who had already been in Doctor Who. He was in uh, Frontier in Space, wasn't he? He was the, he he was. Was the news reader yeah, uh, on Frontier um, in Space. Yeah, he's very good as Ponty. He's very, one of those very believable actors. Yeah. Um, I always think of him in Forty Towers in, yes. in the oh, yes. episode "The Germans." Uh, yeah. He's the Doctor, isn't he? In that, yeah, yeah. Uh, but right. uh, yeah, this, um, uh, this, yeah. So, uh, where do we get to? Yeah, so they, um, they, they've escaped. The Doctor and Sarah have escaped. Yeah, but the Doctor um, does something which uh, we talked about in Pyramids of Mars, which is where. He doesn't know what it was that they saw, but he's yep. got a suspicion. And if his hunch yes. is right, they're all in terrible danger. That seems to be a very Tom Baker thing. Yes. Doesn't it? And we, yeah, because we, we speculated, is it just the fourth doctor, um, for want of a better word, bullshitting? Doing an Avon. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I thought that was what was wrong with my car engine. Well, you didn't <laughs> mention it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a Tom Baker trope. This one, isn't it? That uh, yeah, it's and it's and this is the start of and we had it in Pyramids of Mars as well. And we get in quite a few stories in this season where it's the old if my suspicions are right, Sarah, this could mean the end of the planet, the universe, <laughs> fill in the blanks. It's it's all very um, very large threats, isn't it? Yes. It's, all, it's not just someone's going to try and kill us. It's it's the, the end of life universes. as we know yes. it. Yes, yes, yeah, every exactly time. Right. Yeah, every time. And I think that works to a certain extent, but you overuse it, and it becomes it becomes uh, a trope, cliche. like you say. Yeah, a trope. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that the early Tom Baker stories did overuse that. Yeah. Well, where, we've got where, a good example yeah. here, haven't we? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing this reminded me of. Um, uh, is I know you know the film, but I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the the, the, the book. Is the Keep? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Wilson. Is it yeah. Michael Wilson? Michael, yeah, Michael F. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, it this I was watching this episode too, and it so reminded me. It was like these this troop of military guys turn up. They're picked off one by one at night by this creature. No, they won't believe it. And I thought, oh god, this is so. 
and I, this is so much like the keep mm. but done mm. they're not on a great budget and with no tangerine dream score well also i mean the keep uh didn't have an oculoid tracker that is true that would have been a different yeah. film wouldn't it if they had had an oculoid yes. tracker yeah, what do you think of this <laughs> oculoid tracker <laughs> after everything we've seen technology yeah. wise for these guys they've got an eyeball on a frisbee yeah this uh, this always makes me laugh because um, yeah, Salomar goes launch your oculoid tracker, and you see it, and it's like a you know process shot. And then when when you see it, and it's looking at the Doctor and Sarah, it's got it's got like a cat pupil going backwards. Yeah. And forth. it's looking at them. It's like, what is this meant to be an eye or what? It's because it's very funny. Um, doesn't doesn't quite work <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, they they they. Again, ta- uh, the fourth Doctor and Sarah. This, they they found this this uh, uh, antimatter quicksand, um, and the Doctor's sort of saying this is this is going to be terrible, and then immediately forget the th- the threat that was following them. Yes. Because Sarah goes, we're being watched, and they look up and they see the tracker, and the Doctor just dismisses it. It's like you must know that they're going to come and get you. Yeah. It's all, it's all very yeah. weird. I don't understand this oculoid tracker because, you know, the no. technology is at odds with everything else that we see. Yes. They've got nothing this advanced on anything no. else on the ship. Is it biomechanical? Is that a real eyeball watching? Know. Because sometimes, you know, what they're watching back in the ship is in colour. Sometimes yeah. it's red. Sometimes it's purple. Um, I don't understand it. And no. I, I, I wondered, you know, oculoid is a strange word. And uh, I looked it up. And it oh. looks like it's made up. I've just sent you a link. Would you like to just oh, look at this so link that I've just sent you? There's a thing called an oculoid gallery. And basically, it's artwork of eyeballs doing various things. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Because that's what oculoid means, is it? Yeah, I think it must mean of the eye or something. The There's eye, an yeah. oculoid insertion tool. It's that just is a lots very, of... very weird website you've sent me. I know. Three of artwork of eyeballs. I, I've just encountered three oculoids with veins. Yeah, I like the uh, single oculoid acrylic on the canvas. It's just an eyeball on. Scroll down and uh, find the evil with... eye with friend. Oh, that's nice. He's, he's, yeah. he's, oh. uh, let me describe this for our listener. Um, it's a pencil line drawing of two prison cell windows with bars on. With two eyeball creatures stuck behind them, a bit like the um, the, the Prisoner Zero, no, the Atraxi. Yes. Um, but they've got little tentacles coming out and they're holding hands. Yeah. Well, scroll down a couple more. You've got a single oculoid crucifixion, uh, and then you've got oh, multiple yeah. oculoid crucifixion. What what on earth is this site that I found? I don't know. There's oculoid at toilet, and it's literally an oculoid on an old-fashioned outhouse oh. toilet. I've, I've just um, gone down further to Oculoid, oculoid Bottom. Oculoid Bottom, yes. <laughs> right, let's leave uh, this page Yeah, let's in. leave that. Let's that's, gra- <laughs> uh, that's on my search that's engine, a, thank you. That's a rabbit <laughs> hole I didn't want to, or a bum yeah, hole perhaps, I didn't want to go um, down. Perhaps you could put the link on um, the Facebook page. So or perhaps I won't. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it ju- it's just a bizarre bit of technology, I thought. Um, yes. It, it, it's photographed quite well in some w- shots where, you know, the camera's above it and it's at the bottom of the frame and below it you can see the whole jungle set you know that's yeah. quite nice of course this is david maloney isn't it good old david is it, maloney yeah. directing it yeah so uh, it's quality um it does feel like the oculoid tracker has been thrown in from a different script mm. 
like they you know but it, i mean it, it sort of works it's it's there i don't you could have easily cut this out and it wouldn't have harmed anything mm -hmm. really you could have had you could have had them just following their footprints or something or a handheld scanner and it would it would have worked but i suppose it's a bit of science fictiony stuff for the yeah the kids isn't it yeah and as you say it's following them they get to blackpool don't they yes um, yeah did you know that actually that's a yellow pool? Um, oh, no, I didn't. I yeah, didn't, it's yeah. a yellow pool with the black added by CSO. They were using yellow oh, for the right. CSO in this story. So, yeah, if you were on set, you would have just seen a hole about four feet deep with a mattress at the bottom, and all the sides were yellow. And, yeah, the black's been added uh, with CSO. That's why it is jet black. Yeah, I think like that's that. probably a, a good move, isn't it? Because otherwise, no matter how, if it was just a black-painted pit, that you would have seen something bouncing off likewise. That because the doctor says it. First yeah, day, yeah. There's no yeah. reflection to the pool, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's when Ponty and all the others arrive, um, and I, I still can't understand what happens. But somehow Ponty falls into the pool. Yeah. This this is weird because, yeah. Uh, basically, they're um, they're told to take the doctor and Sarah prisoner. So a couple of them grab the doctor and start treating him a bit roughly, and then. Um, a couple of them grab Sarah, and then um, Ponty. You get a shot where he's rearing back as if he's either scared or something's attacking him, but literally he's just holding on to Sarah. I yeah. don't quite know what's happening, and then he falls into the pool. He yeah. just stumbles backwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's a bit weird. Um, one of my favourite moments in this story is the moment between Sorensen and the guy, I've forgotten his name, but the guy that was in War Games, you know. Oh, right, yes, and uh, Dehan. Yeah, where Sorensen says, I've made the greatest discovery in scientific history, yeah. and the other guy kind of like nods a few times and goes, do you need any of this other equipment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. It's, it's a, again, it's, I, I love the fact these are ordinary people, aren't they? Yeah. These, these troopers. Um, yeah, he goes, and then Sorensen just looks at him and goes, you just don't, can't understand, can you? It's like, so dismissive of him. Yes. Um, but yeah, all, all Dehan's worried about is that he might have to carry a load of stuff. Yes. <laughs> which is it's just brilliant. Um, yeah. Work, works very well. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, trying to think. The doctor next is explaining to Salomar and the others, oh, you know, it, the, yes. the theory of the antimatter yeah. universe. Yeah, an uh, alternate, an alternative universe. Or something yes, yeah. It, which is like, so is this, is this like multi-dimensional? Is this the first we? Well, no, because we've had Inferno, so we yeah, know yeah, we've had dimensions. That. Yeah, um, but the, the doctor says you can't leave uh, with the minerals on board. Yeah, the the planet won't yeah. let you. Yeah, um, I don't know how he knows this. No, I I I don't quite know how he knows this. Um, yeah. And but then, but uh, Sarah says sorry. to him, "We can go now. You know, we're here. That you know, the TARDIS is right next to them. We can go. We can just leave." Yeah. But he can't. He says, "No, I can't." And he puts some of these minerals in a toffee tin. Yeah. Do you remember when toffee came in tins? I do. I used to like toffees in tins. They always seemed a bit more at market, didn't they? Yeah. You had a little hammer. Yeah. Came with it yeah. as well to smash yeah. it because it was rock good. solid, wasn't I, it? I uh, I know on um, on one of the uh, Facebook Doctor Who prop sites that. Those tins are much sought after. Ah, uh, is that what you're talking about? You've mentioned yeah. this before about there was a yeah. toffee tin. Um, yeah, it's 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 bizarre. They they exchange for quite a bit of money, I think. Um, I suppose it's if you're cosplaying the Fourth Doctor, you could get your toffee tin out, but 
I, I don't know. Would you want one in your collection? Well, I, it, it's not. It, it's the same as you know the people with their fish fingers and custard, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you don't. It's, 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 it's not a necessary. Small element and, yeah, and, and, and making and a big like deal it. out of it. No. Yeah, no. I can live definitely. without a toffee tin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the t-shirt. Well. Yeah. The ship goes to lift off. Oh, yes. um, uh, old Davros goes into full-on Davros mode, doesn't he? he does, um, yeah. He, as soon as he raises voice, he's Davros. Yes, amazing. yeah. And that's when our adversary appears outside, yes. and, and they can see it on their they, mo monitors. Yeah, they describe it as pure energy in physical form, which is not very scientific. Um, but again, sort of mirrors the monster from the id, wasn't it? Because that was um, that was uh, pure energy without material form or something. So they've sort of reversed it a bit, um, and it, yeah, we get a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, sort of elements of Forbidden Planet again here. Don't we? Well, when you've got all the guards yeah. all shooting all at yes. one, being picked off one by one, that's very Forbidden yeah. Planet, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I love as well the the, the doctor's um, that the doctor says, uh, you know, um, that he's got, he, he can he can try and sort this out and do a deal. I don't know who he, who with like the other universe. So, and he, he, he says, I'm not entirely without influence. And it's like, that's brilliant. That's such a great line. Because it just adds so much to the Doctor's character, and it? It's like, it's just, it's great. Yeah, but that's setting up a line that's missing, which I'll mention oh, right, later right. on. But there is a missing line, which this is setting up, all right, by him saying that. But yeah, he goes off to Blackpool, doesn't he? Yeah, um, he does, yes. Followed by the Oculoid Tracker. Um, and then up comes the... Uh, the id monster we haven't said yeah, but but, but the, its head up. yeah but the way this is happening the way that you're seeing this th this creature interacting is you've got in, in you, you've got your set with you know tom baker on at yeah. blackpool and then on a small set to one side you've got the person in the costume and they're mixing it live. They're putting the image together. Yes, yeah. and, and that's why if you look, very often the eye lines don't meet up. Tom isn't no. looking in the right place. Because he, no, he, he's um, only got a rough idea where he's meant to be looking. Yeah, you get, you get this a lot on Doctor Who. And I, again, it's such an archaic way of filming. Because we're so used now that you could, you could film different elements and then just mix them in post. But they couldn't do that. So everything was done, everything was mixed live. That's why you had vision mixers like Clive Doig. <laughs> who I always remember for as a vision mixer, um, they they actually would mix the 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 uh, output or they would mix the the each camera, so mix mix the output from camera A with the output from camera mm. B and get the image that you see. And they used to do this with everything. So like canines laser beam yeah. that was added in this way. That's why it never used to match. It never used to shoot people properly. Um, but it's. I mean, it's amazing it ever worked. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some wonderful behind the scenes uh, footage from the Invisible Enemy where they're in the Doctor's brain, and you can see that they've built they've built the set for the actors on, and it's all it's all um, different levels and that, all covered in uh, yellow, because um, even though we call it blue screen, they never really use blue on Doctor Who because of the TARDIS with mm, blue, so yeah. we tend to use yellow or sometimes green. Um, and then you've got the, 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 the model stroke painting, which matches it. And that's why sometimes like people will disappear, mm. because they're going behind the actual physical set. 
but the picture doesn't match it. No. It's, it's, it's such a weird way of working, but I mean, it obviously worked for them. Presumably cheaper than doing any sort of post. Yeah, back then we went along with it, didn't yeah. we? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then we get, um, yeah, I was going to say, um, we get another really unusual thing, don't we? We get a freeze frame ending. Yes, yeah, that is very unusual for Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. And especially as it's freeze framing on um, Terry Walsh and not uh, yes. Ray, and, yeah. and not Tom Baker, it's who fell um, into Blackpool. I wonder if there was a reason for that. Is it, do you reckon he landed weirdly or something? Or? Well, it is a drop of like four or five feet down yeah. into the pool. So I wonder if he broke something or, you know, not not the cardboard fly in or because yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing and it's quite um, it's quite jarring as well, isn't it? You go, oh, because we're not used to freeze framing. No, um, but yeah, that's the end of episode two, and it's absolutely flown by at this. I mean, we've it's take, it feels longer because we're discussing it, but when you're watching it, oh, it's just, it does go fast. Yeah, it really goes by. fast. Yeah. Well, um, you know, episode three. I mean, we've got yep. you know the, sh- the, the the ship's got to take off. Everything's got to be you know dumped uh, mineral wise. And yep. meanwhile, the Doctor's falling and falling and falling in yep. a very trippy way. Um, yeah, this. he's. Um, I, it, it looks. I mean, he's on film because uh, he's on wires, and they are. It's um, <coughs> it, it's very very trippy, very psychedelic. Yeah, and I'm guessing he's falling through the gateway. It's 2001, yeah. isn't it? And he's coming out the other side, and he does meet our adversary. Yeah, he has a he has a chat at some point with it. Yes, not knocks out a deal. I'd love to. I'd love to hear that. You know. Yeah, I wonder what they talked about. Yeah. You know, I mean, how how sentient is this creature? I mean, what is it doing when it rises up? Why, when it comes yeah. up out of Blackpool, what is it trying to do? Why is it yeah. killing is it, people? I mean, is it a creature? Is it, like hmm. say, is it sentient or is it just energy that looks like a creature? I mean, weirdly, later on we get a line as well where it said, the doctor says, I've still got this lump of antimatter in my toffee tin and that's what saved me in the, uh, in the, the pit. And you're thinking, well, how, how does that work? Because the creature's coming out to get the stuff back but you having a bit that's been stolen from it on you, protected you, mm. I, 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 don't, I, I can't quite get my head around how it all works. No, I think it's best not to think about it. Yeah, probably, um, yeah. Um, like, how does he get back out again? Because yeah. the, the, the next thing is Sarah, <laughs> a ladder. So, or or, or the, uh, the, the antimatter monster gives him a bunk up. Could be, uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's another scene I want to see. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the doctors, he get, they strike a deal, and the doctor goes, how do I get out of here? And he goes, there's a lift there, mate. Mm. <laughs> Why didn't you come down in that? Why did you jump? <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, yeah, then, um, yeah, we cut, cut back to the ship, and this is um, uh, this is our first hint. Because we've had two episodes of Forbidden Planet, and this yeah. is where it abruptly changes direction, and we start getting Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Because up till this point, Sorensen's been a bit sweaty, but we've we've not really thought there's anything majorly wrong with him. And at this point, he uh, he gets his orange peel eyes, doesn't he? Yeah, this is you when you've put orange peel over your eyes. This yeah. is you with your red eyes when the uh, the, the I wish I, I wish cameras were more prevalent when we were kids. Cause <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd love to. Are you sure there's not a photo of you doing that hidden somewhere? I I don't think so. There's there's precious few photos of me as a kid because. I was a, I was a bit overweight, and I was very conscious. I mean, you could. It's not like now where everyone's filming everything. If someone got a camera out, you knew about it. It was only it was only Christmas and special yeah. birthdays in our yeah. house. 
Yeah, and it cost a fortune, didn't it? You had yeah. to send the stuff off. You had to. Yeah. So, so I, you could you could avoid being photographed quite easily back yes. then. Yes. Well, you never know. You you could recreate it now for could Facebook. Do, yeah. You know, yeah. take a photo of yourself with some orange peel in your eyes. A photo of me crying my eyes out because <laughs> I've got citrus juice in my eyes. <laughs> We want to see it, don't we, listener? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it's a simple effect. It's the robots of death yes. effect again, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Less but, sparkly, but, though, this yeah. time. But what's, what's amazing, I didn't sort of notice when I was a kid, because it, obviously it worked perfectly for me. I was terrified and fascinated by it, is when you watch it now, they've got scalloped edges to his eyeballs. <laughs> it's, it's like, why, why, why did you do that? I don't mm. know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's... He's got a, a flask of dry ice drink yes. um, that he, he has a swig from. Um, and, and like that, you say, it's the reverse yeah. of Dr. It's the reverse, Obviously, yeah. It Mr. brings Hyde. him back to being just sweaty Sorensen. Um, how, did he, uh, how did he work this out? I don't know. Think, think about this for a moment. So he turns into the monster. Why does he turn into the monster? Good question. Let's, let's pin that to the wall and see for later, because we never find out. Um, yeah, I don't know why he turns into a monster, but he does. But he turns into a monster that's mindless and a killer. Yes. But he can't turn back unless he's got that drink. But the first time he turned to know that he needed the drink, how did he make the drink and drink it? <laughs> no, you're thinking again, Ian. I'm thinking again. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. yeah. Just, just bask in the wonderful atmosphere. Yes, yeah. Um, the doctor comes round and he, he panics uh, at the um, idea that the s- samples might still be on board. Yeah. Now, like I say, that bit earlier um, that you liked, what he said, there's a missing line. Or no, uh, Tom's, Tom misses a bit off. When he's talking to Sarah, yeah. he says, um, I promised to her, right? What right. Tom was meant to have said was, I gave my promise as a time lord. Oh, right. And that's why Sarah Jane has this odd line of, your promise as a Time Lord, she says. And that's a reaction oh, to what reacting Tom to was meant. That wasn't said. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> okay. when he's down there talking to, you yeah. know, the monster, he's given his promise as a Time Lord that he will make sure that everything is returned, you see. Which is, which is again, really clever world building or universe building because it implies that in the antimatter universe they're aware of the time lords and the time lords are powerful enough that maybe there's antimatter can, time lords could be down in there somewhere yeah um, um yeah but then then we um we lose uh, poor old michael wisher don't we yep yep Sorensen gets him yes yeah yep. um but the ship still can't escape can it there there, no. there must be some more antimatter left on board um, we're going to find out soon that it's actually Sorensen is now antimatter. Yeah, he's the antiman. Well, he's the Mr. Hyde. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the um, we get this this fascinating scene, this fascinating scene, which is introducing the fact that there's um, in the sick bay there's ejection beds. Yes. Which which is interesting, isn't it? Because why? Why would you have ejection beds in your sick bay? How bad is the medicine <laughs> that they lose in so many patients and they've got to get them off the ship? But also, so we get we we get this really nice scene where um, Vishinsky says, "What uh, uh, 
what religion was Morelli? And they go, um, Arrestrian Orthodox, which is, again, a nice little thing. And they're going to play the national anthem and say, yeah, we don't have to listen to this. But then we get a, a, a burial scene that's so similar to the one in Alien. But done on, like, a millionth oh, of the budget. Yeah. Oh, good God. Yeah. You can see what they're trying to do. Yes, yeah. Um, but, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But, of course, this predates Alien. Doesn't yes, it? yeah, yeah, absolutely predates Alien, and we know that Ridley Scott. He, well, well, he, he worked for the BBC, BBC yeah. yeah, and yeah. we know he watched it. So, I, I mean, with this, then the um, the Ark in space. I, I mean, he might not have necessarily based it on it, but I think he watched it, didn't he? And it got mm. into his subconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. You look at the two sequences: Kane being buried and Morelli, and it's like, oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the ship has reached the end of its elastic, hasn't it? They they, they can only go so far, and yes. they're being pulled back again. Pulled back, yeah. Which uh, which sends Salomar even more yeah, off the deep. End. Yeah, he's convinced it's something to do with the TARDIS. He's not yes. listening to anyone, yeah. is he? No, he's he's given up any uh, any sense of logic or anything now, and he's just yeah, he's he's turned into a panic-ridden child, hasn't he? Basically. Yeah. And so that's why the doctor knocks him out, you know, yeah. and, and he goes off to rescue Sarah. Sarah has been menaced by Sorensen, who has killed the War Games bloke. Yes. Um, he's now a husk as well. Um, and, and that's where episode three ends. They're going to be caned as well, if you forgive the pun. They're going to yes. be caned. Yeah. They're going to be ejected out through this laundromat cash slot thing. Yeah, because we, we've set up, with the burial, we've set up that this shoots you out into space. And so, yeah, the... Uh, um, uh, Salomar, who, who is now completely mad, um, he tells Vashinsky to eject them, and Vashinsky is like, "No, I'm not doing that. That's madness. It's not humane." And then it, it, it's really interesting bit where Salomar forces Vashinsky to be the one to 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 actually switch. operate it. Yeah. Yes, and he uh, does, and that. Quite, uh, yeah. What I find incredible is, I mean, this is worthy of the old, you know, '40s serials. Is that you clearly yes. see. The lever being pressed, they are ejected, yeah. but episode four starts, and he pre- pulls it back, and they just come back in again. Yes. I mean, how slow is this ejection system? I know it's not. If, if you wanted to eject someone in a hurry, you're you're out of luck, aren't you? Mm. Um, again, though, I I remember this scaring me as a kid. The idea of being ejected out into space. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very very strange, and even watching it this time, it just brings back that sort of panicky feeling it's so yeah it must i mean perhaps mary whitehouse did have a point perhaps these were bad for us as kids no i don't know I, I i could have been a great success other than this <laughs> you, know, you blame it all on this yeah yeah you know. yeah um it's at that point that's where um old, old victor bergman takes control because yes Salomon's just lost it big time and yeah. and Sarah Jane tells them all about Sorensen now, you yeah. know. Uh, and, and now he's got someone else to blame, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Salama, you can go after them. Um, yeah, Sarah, Sarah says that she's felt the same thing um, uh, around Sorensen as she felt on the planet. So therefore, Sorensen must be the yes the the, the contaminated person. Um, yeah, Salama, just this, at this point, yeah, he's he's. He'd completely lose it, and he um, he grabs a neutron accelerator. Yeah, that just happens to be uh, lying around. You know, it's yeah, got this just, lethal just radiation. Bridge, if you yeah. open the hatch, and it's just lying around. 
and it doesn't look like that hatch secures very well. It's, it's, it reminds me, you know, the like old-fashioned uh, storm lamps. And yes. Things. Like a, a, a policeman's bullseye yeah. torch, where you had that little cover that swung out. Um, and I think, yeah, if they braked suddenly in a spaceship, that would fly open and just kill everyone on the bridge. <laughs> Put it in a cupboard, at least, mate. Put it in a cupboard. Uh, yeah, so he, he, he goes off to uh, confront Sorensen, and um, Sorensen's moping around the TARDIS for some reason, isn't he? He's but I don't understand this bit, and, and can, can you tell me what's going on? Because you see Sorensen, and he's got his sample, and he gets in the eject thing doesn't he you know he, well, the do- yeah the doctor so the doctor um because because he kills salomar first doesn't he uh what's his face uh, uh kills salomar um no 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 this is before salomar oh Sorensen right, yes, has already right, gone to yeah. see the doctor he leaves with his yes. sample he goes to you know the ejecting room he puts yes, the his sample right. down. He lays down in it. You see his hand yeah. go to operate the control, and it's you know turned into the monster hand, right? Yeah. But the next time you then the doctor yeah, comes in, the sample's the just yeah, and he's not there, and that's when Salomar comes in. So I don't that's, understand that's right. what that bit was all about. I don't know what well, was happening I mean, there. We, we get an absolutely great scene where the doctor confronts um, Sorensen, doesn't he? And he says that uh, we're scientists and we. We pay for our, uh, you know, our privilege to to meddle with with total responsibility, which is great. And Tom delivers it so well, and he basically talks a man into committing suicide. So is that what he's doing? He's trying to yeah, eject himself into space. Because, yeah, the ship can't leave. The ship can't get any further, and he's going back to crash on the planet because Sorensen and that sample's there. So if he injects out of space, I'm presuming Sorensen and the sample would be pulled back to the planet, mm. but the ship can get away. But sadly, um, yeah, the timing's not on their side because someone... He transforms. Um, he jackals out, doesn't he? No, he right. hides out. Yeah, yeah. Very hulks out, yeah. And that's... Uh, and, and yeah, that's right. That Then he goes and mooks about the TARDIS for some reason. And that's when Salomar comes in with his yes, radiation it, thingy. With his torch. And, and, uh, you, and, and, and uses yeah. it on him. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, <laughs> um, the Doctor says... You can't use radiation on this. It will just make him multiply. I don't know why. I don't know how that works. No. It, it, he multiplies it by, the, by the process of a Bohemian Rhapsody special he effect. Does, yes, that yeah. thing, yes, yeah. And, of course, Salomar is dead uh, yes. by doing that. He's dead. He's out of the he way. He died as he lived yeah. at the top. <laughs> yes. And the Doctor's menaced by uh, the, the antimatter Sorensons now. Yes. He... he He's got me- there's many Sorensons and they're all like the highlighted red, aren't they? Yes, yeah, they're all like the uh, the, the creature from the id. They're, they're just outlines um, mm. wandering about. Um, I always think Sorensen in this form look, again looks like the its man, doesn't he, off Monty Python? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't like this uh, uh, version of this stage no. of Sorensen. Um, I yeah. don't know why, why being in contact with antimatter causes your hair to become shaggy. And your teeth to go bad. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's any, any connection with, um, with Inferno? Do you think that green, it's very much like an Inferno thing, antimatter. isn't it? Yeah. 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 A Primord. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Well, the I doctor... bet there's books that link them. You know Maybe it. Yeah, there's somewhere. fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Doctor encounters the original Sorensen. 
and actually shoots him. Yes. He, he actually shoots yeah. him to, to knock him out and takes him inside the TARDIS. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Where, we, weirdly, the Doctor has full body restraints in the TARDIS. Yeah, what's that all about? Well, yeah, which Doctor do you think brought them into the TARDIS? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Could be Hartnell, couldn't it? <laughs> he's, I reckon he's disciplined uh, Susan at some point. Yes. Yeah, they might have held Susan. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't help, hold Sorensen because you know he just bends no. them as if they're rubber, which they are, of course. Yeah. Well, the, we get this horrendous close-up. Um, where you can just obviously see their foam rubber. Yeah. So at least do that in long shot, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, Sorensen unconvincingly chases the Doctor out of the TARDIS. Yeah. And they both go to visit Blackpool. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, of course, Victor and Sarah, they're being menaced by um, the multiple Sorensons, and they've set a force field thing up, haven't yeah, they? they? Much yeah. like Forbidden Planet, you put a force field up, so... Yeah, well, uh, we saw earlier, didn't we, that they used the uh, the ship's force field, and it, it drove back the, uh, the the big antimatter creature. So I think Vashinsky's idea is that we'll use this for... I mean, weirdly, they've got, in uh, like I say, a room that's just dedicated to holding force field dishes <laughs> uh, so they bring them back they do it they don't it doesn't seem to work too well does it doesn't no 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 keep... no it, it looks like it's all over but that's when yeah. Sorensen falls into the black well we Sorensen turns into I'm presumably Terry Walsh again in a terrible terrible wig mm. um, and yeah uh, the doctor's fighting him off with the uh, the restraints and he falls into the the pit um, and that causes all the uh, the the other ones matter Sorensons to disappear did you notice when when Sorensen falls into the pit Tom Baker hits the back wall and the whole thing shakes does it I didn't notice that. yeah yeah it, I, I, I think it's a canvas or something it, it moves yeah. quite easily so I think it's some sort of canvas a painted canvas background there um, so yeah, yeah, the anti-men vanish don't they and uh, the ship stops and then starts moving away again yeah, yeah. So the the elastics cut. Yeah. So it can start moving away, um, and then weirdly, um, the pit gives up Sorensen, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the Doctor seems quite surprised to find him there, yeah. and un unharmed as well. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I presume that wasn't part of the bargain that the Doctor. Oh, I know why. Him. I'll tell you in a minute. But oh, okay. uh, yeah, the Doctor says he's been released because the Doctor kept his promise. Yeah. Hmm. And, and it, this is weirdly treated almost as a happy ending, even though all these people have died. Well, this is my last question of the day, is like, Sorensen's greeted fondly, but he's a mass yeah. murderer, isn't he, now? Yeah. Well, uh, at the very least, he's recklessly endangered and caused the death of an innumerable amount of people. Well, seven um, people on his yeah. expedition. Uh, and the doctor, gone. yeah, the, doc, the doctor casually says um, you should use, uh, I don't know, kinetic power, the sun or something, movement, and it, some some psycho babble, and, and Solomon's like, oh, that'll work. It's like, yeah, so he's he's just overturned his entire life's work mm. <laughs> based on one line from on, the doctor. On one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we get a happy ending. It, all, we do, yeah. All, all done. Weird, weird I wish it had finished, ending. you know, with that lovely smile from old um, Sarah Jane. But instead, yes. we get this odd shot of the TARDIS hurtling through space. Yeah, which was never a great model shot. They no. use it quite a bit, then, but it was never a great model well, shot. Well, they are going back in time, so I don't know why they're flying through space at the same 
time as well. And and that's the end of the that's story. It, yeah. Mm. <coughs> yeah um, four episodes that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a cracker of a story. It really yeah. is. Uh, right, so we've got no behind the... Uh, so, sorry, uh, uh, Earth date, because we're not on Earth. So we've got to, like... Oh, let me get my calculator and then we can get started. Right, we've got a vote now on what we're calling it, the antimatter oh, monster. We could, we could have an Earth date. What, doesn't a doctor mention a line where he says... Yeah, but they're not on Earth. We only do that when they're actually on oh, Earth. Oh, right, okay. I was going to say, cause it, yeah, because he says we're so many years late from meeting with the Brigadier, doesn't he? Yes, so yeah. You could, you could add that to, what, 1975? Yeah. Give you a rough date, but yeah, we're not on Earth. Right. We're not on Earth, so no. All right, so we're going to do the Antimatter Monster yeah. and Sorensen. All right? Yes, I I think that makes sense. All right, so if we do the antimatter monster first, the design of what you see up on screen. Um, I, I I think it's okay. The design, I mean, you can't really see what it is. It does have some weirdly moving parts, like its mouth and that. It's a bit a bit fishy and gilly. It's actually got um, mandibles, but you oh, don't no, really no, see no, it. You don't see them, no, because you don't really get a clean look at it at all. Um, but I think that I, I can see what they were aiming at, definitely. I think they've tried to go with something alien and something weird, and it's a bit, they definitely gone a bit crow-like with the shape of it. Um, so I think design-wise, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a, a six and a half, I think. Oh, you're a bit more generous than me. I gave it a six. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so that's 6.25. All right. Um, and how effective is this big uh, blob as it comes um, out? It's difficult because I have to look at it. it. When I was a kid, it was very effective, but now I look at it with a bit more critical eyes. You can again, you can see what they're aiming for, but the CSO just doesn't quite work. And the eye lines don't match up. Yeah, the eye lines don't match. Uh, it sometimes disappears behind the bits, or like when it comes out the pool, bits of it are coming up through the solid ground. Um, so I, I think it's a commendable effort, but just like most CSO doesn't work. It's a, such a weirdly dated uh, sort of technique to use. Um, even though it's cutting edge back then, I suppose. So I, I can only give it a five for effectiveness. That's exactly what I've got. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is then an adversary rating of 5.6, all right? Yep. 5.6 for the antimatter monster, which, uh, yeah, he's in a caravan. Oh, is he sharing it with anyone? He's is it an anti-caravan? An anti he's with one of our characters from last week, would you believe? Oh, wow. He's with Hepesh. Well, Hepesh, he does, he does attract the big hulking monsters. Yes. Um, also, Professor Stahlman. Oh, they're going to get on. This is going to be... They're going to get on well, I think. This yeah. Uh, Toberman from uh, Tomb of the Cybermen and uh, the Maya. That is a full old caravan, isn't it? And it's getting fuller, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right, that's 5.6 for the antimatter monster. What about Sorensen? Now, Sorensen's design, we've got to think of an average when we're thinking about the red-eyed version. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the next stage, and then the full-on, full you know, wild, shaggy-haired version. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to sort of score this. So let, let, let's have a look in, in order. So the red-eyed version... I, a simple effect. It is quite unnerving, but I, that scalloped effect at the bottom of his eyeballs is just so weird for me. 
but again, as a kid, it worked perfectly. Mm. So I, I don't think that's a bad. I think the design-wise, that's a good idea. They did it on Robots of Death. It's a standard sort of way of doing this. Um, are we are we going to just amalgamate the scores? Yeah, that, that's or, what I'm thinking. And an amalgamate. Okay. So okay. You find so your a, own average yeah. first. Okay. Um, and then we've got the the shaggy but physical beast played by. Um, uh, Freddie Jaeger and uh, yeah, it, I, it's bizarre. I don't quite know why antimatter turns you into this inferno creature. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird. And we get lots of close-ups, and it just it looks strange. So that's not great. I think it works a bit better in the red outline because you don't see any detail. And they're again quite creepy though when they go through the doors and that. I think that's all right. So, but. Overall design-wise, I think it's it's a good design. In in at, at points, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a six. All right, okay, uh, yeah. It's a I, hairy man, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I only gave it a five. All right, right. so that's five and a half, and effectiveness of so these. So if we were including Sorensen as Sorensen, because I think this is a great performance by um, Freddy, uh, really good, and he always plays well. Um, and weirdly, which I, I never really expected when we were watching this, and I was saying about who was, Anne goes, wasn't he the guy that built K-9? It's like, wow, where did you dredge that up? Because we have not watched that anywhere. It's like, God, yeah, so so he's very memorable, but we have to, we're not, Counting his performance, are we? We're no, him when it's him as an adversary. Yeah. Um, See, I really like the red eyes. I think yeah, I think really the red works. eyes work really well. But I don't like we've the got Shaggy Man. I don't like the Captain Caveman version. No. Yeah, he does look like Captain Caveman. But then it comes back better when he's a red yeah, outline. When he's red. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with six again. Oh snap! Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I put. Yeah. All right, so that was uh, five and a half plus six, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, see, I, it, it's late. I'm, I'm not going to try and do it mentally. Uh, uh, so that's uh, 5.8. Sorensen right. ends up 5.8. He's 0.2 ahead of the antimatter version, and that he's in a caravan by himself. Oh, wait, oh. Oh, wait, that, he'll like that. He'll yes, like and he, and of course, being on that ship, he'll be used to plywood cupboards really, and things like that in the yeah. caravan. So you'll well, feel he, quite at home. Well, you know, at five point six, that's the caravan next door, uh, yeah. where the antimatter version is. So he can he can always pop along and say hello. Borrow some sugar. Borrow some sugar, yeah. Have yeah. A game of crib or something. <laughs> crib. Um, so, all right. Uh, this story, I mean, yeah. is it good enough to go on your top ten? Yeah, I, I think it has to. It's um, going on. Yeah, where? What's my first Tom Baker? Your first Tom Baker list? is at number two. Is it? Oh God! Yeah, Pyramids okay. of Mars is your. Uh, no, it's not. It's not as good as that. What's after Pyramids? Uh, after Pyramids of Mars, you've got the Keys of Marinus. We're dropping down. Okay. After that. Inferno. Oh God, I love Inferno. After that. Tomb of the Cybermen. Good top turn on it. This um, after team, the Daleks. 
Oh, okay, between Tomb and the Daleks, I think All right. okay. What Blimey. does it drop off, though? Uh, Attack of the Cybermen. Bye-bye, Colin. Oh, Colin, mate. And that's your only Colin story has now gone. Is it? Oh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps we'll get one at some point. Um, I act to it. I mean, it's not... And it's purely a, a personal view, that, because this had such an effect on me as a kid. Mm. Um, and I, I get, I probably get things out of it that someone watching it now for the first time wouldn't. No. But yeah. I think that's half the charm of Doctor It's the nostalgia it? thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm not putting it on my list. No. Um, okay. okay. Uh, because I don't have that nostalgia thing. I mean, in fact, I don't really no, remember true. watching it on transmission. I must all have right. watched it. No. You know, I was watching Doctor Who, but I don't remember yeah. watching it all the way back then. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you think, because you've always liked uh, Forbidden Planet, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so here we go. Behind the scenes, right? right. Um as, a, as we said, first story of the Philip Hinchcliffe era proper. Yep. Um, and he approached Roger Murray Leach. Have you ever met Roger Murray Leach, by the way? Uh, I don't think so, no. I did at Small Space. You know that Small Space I went to the year before we went to Maximum Power? Yes. Yeah. Same place, but it was the Small Space thing. Yeah, and we, we, we had a really nice uh, coffee and a natter before the show started. Yeah, top bloke, top bloke. Um, and uh, yeah, Philip Hinchcliffe went to see Roger and said, "What kind of landscape could you do best in a studio?" And uh, he said that he could always do a good jungle. And um, mm. so yeah, he built what you see. He used an awful lot of columns. The BBC had these columns which yeah. were hung; they weren't on the ground. I guess it, I guess it's a health and safety thing. If you have a column hanging from the rafters, that's safer than if it's, yeah, it's on not. the ground and could fall over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently he ruined. Uh, quite a few of them um, because he was using all sorts of glues and stuff to stick the you know the fiberglass bits on and some of them had to be chucked away and people weren't too happy about that but the BBC as a whole were very impressed yeah. uh, by what he had done and uh, and photos of it actually stayed in an internal BBC training manual for several years and as an example of excellent set design well, yeah, he mm. deserved it. It's, uh, it's corking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the originally, the, the script had Sorensen dying after visiting Blackpool. Right. Okay. Uh, but Which Philip, would make more sense, I think. Yes, okay. yeah. But Philip Hinchcliffe ordered that this be changed as he felt it would be too grim an ending for, as he said, the <coughs> little ones. Right. Uh, because, yeah, he saw Sorensen as a victim of the planet's influence rather than an evil man in himself. I suppose that you could... You could read very loosely some sort of anti-drugs message into Sorensen, couldn't you? That yeah. he's addicted to crack cocaine crystal. Well, no, crystal meth it would be, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Real crystal, yeah. I've got a bit about the crystals in a minute. Yeah. But uh, our adversary of the week, um, the monster suit was worn by Mike Lee Lane. All right. And, and like you say, if you see a photo of it, it's really odd because you can actually see its form. It's silver and very padded as well. And uh, as I say, they filmed it on a separate set alongside the main set against the yellow CSO background. They, they really hit it with a lot of light and then they photographed basically it's the highlights. That's yeah. what they were picking up was the highlights, which were which then... Which is weird because uh, normally that would be something you'd try and avoid in CSO, wouldn't you? You'd, yeah. You would avoid silvers and things like that because you wouldn't want light reflection. They are 100% yeah. going for a... Forbidden Planet outline yeah. thing, aren't they? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it would pick up just the 
the uh, the highlights and then they electronically tinted it red and then superimposed it on the uh, with a mixer from the other camera. Yeah, All right. it's, um, it's a sim simple effect, but it does, yeah, it, it's clever. I've got some very dodgy, uh, very, I mean, it's a bit like that website we were talking about earlier, um, uh, original sketches of what this creature oh, was right. meant to look like, all right? Um, um, it's, in, it's in my little book here, so I can't send you it to you now, but I'll put it on Facebook. Um, and that's on a chapter devoted to uh, Dave Harvard, who was one of the special effects guys. And I've got a couple of quotes from him about this story. Um, he says, uh, this was my first story as effects designer. Philip Hinchcliffe was the producer and we, and we got on well together. I had already designed the model spaceship when set designer Roger Murray Leach told me that his spaceship set didn't match my spaceship design. As a compromise, I added a new section to the front of the model, the shape of which was a much better match to Roger's set. Andy Lazelle built the model at our workshop in Brentford. All right. So as I say, that's the bit that's at the front. And um, yeah, Andy Lazelle, of course, uh, in a couple of years will be promoted. And he and Jim Francis became the visual effects bods on Blake Seven's third season, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And then he says, and this is a very long quote now a couple of paragraphs but it takes in a lot of information on the special effects of what we've seen uh, he says the oculoid tracker was flown in a variety of ways the launch sequence where it emerges from the spaceship's hull was shot through a mirror placed at 45 degrees on the floor the mirror lined up with the spaceship hatch which was mounted near to the studio ceiling we then lowered the tracker on nylon lines through the hatchway and towards the floor the Oculide's eye was operated by rods from behind. To get the tracker moving through the jungle, we mounted it on a Vinton camera dolly for some shots and flew it on wires in others. I think there were times when we flew the thing on long rods too. We had nothing to do with the full-size jungle set, but visual effects did construct and film a tabletop miniature of the jungle, which was about three foot square. The footage came out really well and matched the full-size set at Ealing perfectly. And then your guns that uh, you like so yeah. much. He says, to get the guns to fire, I built a photographic flash unit into each one. The flash was lined up so they illuminated the orange perspex along the barrel. To simulate the energy bolts hitting their target, I placed flash bulbs around the set. The bulbs were covered with sticky tape and a small amount of gun cotton, which would ignite from the heat of the flash. You had to dilute the intensity of the flash by covering it with some black card because in those days there was a danger of causing permanent damage to the recording camera by burning out the lens. Right? <sighs> then, and he's talking about this sketch, which I'll put up yeah. on Facebook. He says, I think the script described the antimatter monster as having three eyes and tentacles. I did a very rough sketch of the creature before finding out that Andrew Rose of the costume department had been allo allocated responsibility for this element in the story. I've still got the original sketch, and that's the one that I'll post up. And then he says about the crystal meth. The metal containers which carried the antimatter crystals were cork ice buckets covered in plasticard. We just added or altered the handles on each one. The actual crystals were made from smashed casting resin. Tom Baker used a Farah's toffee box to scoop some antimatter crystals from their container. 
we tested the effect of pouring titanium tetrachloride over them to simulate a smoke vapor ev evaporating from the crystals. It's a very powerful chemical and it started to burn away the metal surface of the toffee box lid. So we abandoned that line of experimentation. Yeah, that's not a good idea, is it? That it's going to no, eat through the toffee box. I love, uh, I love the total lack of health and safety back then. Yeah. So, you know, just, yeah, just pour some chemicals, see what happens. Yep, so there you go. And then I've got a sketch by Andy Lazell of, um, yeah. of, of the probe ship, and I'll put that on Facebook as well. All right. So that's that, and we're nearly done. And, cool, oh, blimey, we've been waffling on for a long way, and we're almost at 1 hour 50. Um, no. Yeah, 1 hour, blimey. yeah, yeah. So, uh, right, uh, before we go, a couple of bits of yeah. feedback before oh, we yeah. go. Okay. Okay, and both from the same person, both from a person who's uh, uh, posted feedback before. It's Mark again, Mark from oh, over right. at Neozaz, and he's uh, he, he sent us two, all right, and they're both about our last last episode, uh, Curse of Peladon, right? Okay. First one, he says, um, Arcturus and Alpha Centauri are ridiculous creations. However, they are classic and very memorable. Also, they made an interesting exhibit for the exhibitions. Sadly, all lost in the fire at Longley, if I remember oh, right. rightly. Do you know that? Is that is that I, what happened to them? I don't know. I may, I know uh, there was a fire at Longley. Um, that, that is an interesting story in itself. But I know some costumes were destroyed. I don't remember seeing. Did he say Arcturus was there? I yeah, and Alpha Centauri. No, I don't don't remember seeing them at there. I went a couple of times, um, but then I suppose they did they did rotate displays and that. Yeah. I, I didn't think Alpha Centauri, uh, not Alpha Centauri. I didn't think Arcturus, the the body and that the casket thing survived. Oh, well, if he was there, you know, and yeah. and and he was there during the fire. If he had his like water bubbling over his dome, yeah, he would have been all right, wouldn't he? It, yeah. Yes, yeah. And then Mark also says in a separate uh, uh, comment, another entertaining podcast. I have fond memories of watching this story as a young child and Alpha Centauri always stuck in my mind. My parents had shelves in the kitchen which had a curtain drawn across the front of them and looking at it always reminded me of the cloak that Alpha Centauri wore. Even as an adult, when I visited them, as soon as I saw the curtain, I was back on Peladon. The mind is a weird thing. It is. Yes. Agreed. Yes. I always look forward to the new podcast and always listen at work to help me get through the day. Can't wait for Planet of Evil. You have a dedicated fan down here in New Zealand. Oh, that's very, very nice. Yeah, thank, thank you, Mark. You. Didn't know you were in New Zealand. No, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. He's a Kiwi. Hobbit land, yeah. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, he's down with the hobbits, as yeah. they say. Yeah. That's what the kids are, aren't they? Yeah. Down with the hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark certainly is. Yeah. And that's it. That's us done for today. All right. Oh, um, yeah, my voice is going. I know we've been talking hours. for a while. My yeah, that's that's one hour fifty now. So yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, before we go, we have to announce. Um, you know who we're talking about next time. Yes. And Peter it's, Davison. It's Peter Davison. It's my choice. Um, it is. And the interesting uh, one is. yeah, well, this it's going to be interesting because this is a story I own, right? Oh, on, okay. on DVD, but I've never watched it. Oh. And that's because uh, I own it because it was, you know, the other one in a like a, a double box set that, um, you right. know, I bought. And I've never really been 
remotely interested in watching this story, right? I'm just trying uh, to think what episodes were in box sets. Um, yeah, Time Flight was in one of them. Well, you know, this, this this story, I don't know, I know roughly sort of the, right. the, 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 the setup, and I've seen photos, and uh, and there's one actor in it that I don't care for at all, and it's like, oh no, oh, it's him. Um, and so I, I've never had an interest to watch it, so I thought this is a good incentive to actually do it. I can give yeah, you a clue. Gotcha. I can on, give you a clue. Um, the clue to this is if this uh, podcast was going to have a soundtrack bit at the very beginning it would be by Rod Stewart Rod Stewart I'm not a big Rod Stewart fan let's think of his songs so he did uh, Sailing yep I don't remember I don't remember no, you oh don't. Enlightenment that's the one hey okay. yeah yeah um, I'm surprised you never watched that it's, it's chock full of model shots of model is it work. yeah yes but it, it, it's boats in Sailing space chips. is it not? yeah yeah, yeah um, who don't who don't you like Keith Barron. John Lee. Oh, Keith Barron. Okay. I, I, I don't like him. It, again, he's... Yeah, I just find him really, really irritating. Yeah, I, I think... In everything easy. If, if, if you're ever going to like any of his performances, you'll probably... This will be the one. If you don't like him in this, then, yeah, this is his most subdued I've ever... Is it? Yeah. Because I don't like him in anything. Um, he's, he, he was in one of the Edgar Rice Burroughs films, wasn't he? And, uh, he was, uh, yeah. He irritated he in, me in yeah. that. Yeah. He was in The Land That Time Forgot, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is a, a, a strange old um, tale, and it's it seems to sort of divide fandom. Um, I think it it looks really good. It's not a bad story, but it does have the worst sort of double act in history, which is Linda Barron. Mm-hmm. She plays a pirate queen. Now. You know, if you know Linda Barron, you're going to think of her as Nurse Gladys Emanuel. No, I think of her as um, Auntie Mabel from Come Outside because she was on oh, that when okay. our children were very small and that was on CBeebies all the time. So, right, yeah, okay. she's been supplanted in my mind by Come Outside with her and that little dog, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's our adversary. Um, oh, OK, yeah. Because I've been Captain looking Rex. at the yeah, I've, I was looking down the, we, the, the yeah. brief synopsis. Please? Yeah, okay, go on. Uh, no, I was going to say that, that there's some mention of the Black Guardian, and I'm thinking, well, no, yes, it's, I don't think he can be the main villain. And then I see this thing that there is a, a, a pirate, and I'm yes. thinking, well, that's her then. She 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 yep, must be I think the. That's, that's fair enough. She is she is the main non Guardian villain. Yes, um, but can we please include as well? Because I just want to know what you think of him. Uh, her second in command who's played by Lee John of Imagination. Oh, is this the one with him in it? He's fucking awful. He's <laughs> he was awful in imagination. Yeah, <laughs> so. he's not he's not an actor, bless him. Uh, and he's already in real life he's already several several notches above where camp should be and he ratches it up because he's dressed as a pirate. Um, yeah, this would be this would be fascinating actually because I've not seen it in ages. Right. Um, I'm I uh, up till now I've been very middle middle of the road, sat on the fence on this one. It's like, eh. mm-hmm. um, so I think it'll be interesting. I remember it being a good Turlo story. Um, but yeah, I no, I think right. I've watched the DVD once when I bought it, and that was it. I've got a vague memory when you say you know Lee John. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a photo of him. 
Uh, has he got a headscarf on his top of his head or something? Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, he wears like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> a real, like, uh, uh, cliched pirate. See, he outfit. used to irritate me on top of the pops, yes. you know. So, oh, God, yeah. oh, we got Keith Barron and him. And him. Will I'm going to turn, turn into yeah. Victor Meldrew, I think, yeah. next week. Wow. <laughs> It could be that Peter Davison comes out like Laurence Olivier, you know, it and I, well, I, yeah. I lose I all my yeah. all my hang-ups about Peter Davison in the light of uh, Keith Barron and, and Lee John. And prepare your down blousy meter, because <laughs> by God, Tegan's outfit in this, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, get yeah, get your counter ready. All right. Well, I, I, before this episode comes out, I, I've got to find photos for the male down blouses. That's true. Uh, yes. Appearance on the Facebook page, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you could do you could do I suppose the equivalent, which is the uh, the the upskirty shot with them all three of them sat at the command desk <laughs> with their legs akimbo. Gussets a go go. Yeah, yeah. gussets a go go. That's a good name for a band as well. And a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Good all stuff. right. Good okay. Stuff. Right. I've got a week to watch this wonder. Then. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you very Good much stuff. for tonight, Ian. My, my no voice problem. is definitely going now. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. It's and, just about my. Thanks it. for listening, listener. I didn't yeah. realise we'd, we'd waffled for that long. <laughs> yes. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thanks for that. sticking with us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. All right. Okay. Right. See you next <laughs> nice time, on. then. Right. Thanks, Ian. Right. Bye. Bye.